Welcome to the Indiana 4-H Clover Call Podcast, where our goal is to share information about the people and programs that make the Indiana 4-H Youth Development Program such an important part of our communities. We welcome youth and adult 4-H volunteers, 4-H youth and their families, extension professionals, and any others who are interested in providing positive opportunities for youth. We thank you for joining us for this episode, which begins now. I'm Carly Holland. I'm the 4-H educator from Rush County, Indiana. And I'm Heather Caldwell. I'm the 4-H educator in Fayette County. Today, we have three guests with us, all of whom are also 4-H educators. We have Angie Riffle from Franklin County, Alicia Criswell from Wayne County, and Abby Morgan from Montgomery County. And we've invited these three educators to talk to us today because on this episode of the Clover Call, we're gonna be highlighting unique 4-H club experiences in Indiana. Yeah, so 4-H is much more than the traditional projects you might think of like baking, crafts, and livestock. Those are all awesome and valuable learning experiences, but the type of things that we offer to youth in 4-H is much more than that. Um, It's about learning new things, gaining leadership, opportunities, and experiences. So 4-H educators across Indiana are always working to develop new opportunities in the 4-H mission areas of civic engagement, healthy living, and STEM. Okay, so let's jump right in and uh, learn a little bit more about these unique club experiences happening in Indiana. So we're gonna start with Abby. And Abby, why don't you introduce us to your club and just sort of how things got started. Yeah, so my name is Abby Morgan and I'm the 4-H educator in Montgomery County. And one unique club opportunity that we offer is Chef University. And so Chef is a hands-on cooking club that teaches youth skills in food preparation and healthy eating habits. Um, And so um, through this club, each week, the youth meet together and they work in teams to prepare a dish. And so we provide the recipe book for them. Um, And so they are working through that recipe book while they're um, in Chef University. And so there are seven sessions Um, with each session um, being about an hour in length. Um, And these can be, this opportunity, this club can be delivered in a variety of ways. So uh, we currently have it as a spark club um, with, um, but delivered through an after-school program. Uh, But we have also done it with um, an, like a school enrichment. So it's happening in the classroom during school hours. Um, And then we've also um, currently teaching it um, a hybrid method where uh, through a Girl Scout troop. And so the the girls are at home cooking and we're providing the instruction through a computer. So that's a little bit different for us, but making it work. And then um, we celebrate what youth have learned throughout Chef um, by doing a chopped contest at the end. Excellent, I love that. So what are the typical ages, Abby, that this uh, club uh, brings in? So we typically offer it for third through fifth graders. Um, uh, The majority of our audience um, in the past few years of doing Chef have been fourth and fifth graders. um, And that seems to be a good audience. They're pretty um, open and receptive to learning those skills. Um, And then the the recipes are in a way that are challenging, but not too challenging for them. So it does work on helping them instill that confidence as well. But you have sort of a partnership with you and with the teachers, it seems. Um, are there other people or volunteers that help you with that as far as adults are concerned? 
Yep. So um, it is actually, Chef University was developed by our health and human sciences educator, Monica Nagel. Um, she's a registered dietitian. Um, she also enjoys cooking with kids. Um, and then she partnered with me just because it does have that youth aspect. Um, and so we work um, heavily with our teachers and our school, our school corporations to deliver the program. Um, when we did a youth needs assessment in the fall of 2019, one of the top things that uh, community members said that the uh, programs that we need for youth is one that teaches some sort of cooking um, skills and abilities. And so that kind of urged us on to continue with chef. And so in the past, we've had a 4-H volunteer who is a uh, chef come in and teach the kids proper knife handling skills because that is part of Chef University. Uh, we've had uh, for the CHOP contest, we usually bring in a guest judge um, that is good with working with youth and can provide uh, constructive feedback for them as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of what we're doing is um, developing those relationships with other youth serving organizations um, in the county. Awesome. I love your connection with other people in the county. Um, so then, um, as we sort of look at this, we mentioned earlier that 4-H has three mission areas of civic leadership, healthy living, and science. So explain um, which ones you think this club fits into and why. So I think the obvious one is healthy living, but actually if you dive into Chef University, it touches on all three of the mission areas. Um, so we do go behind the science of cooking. Um, um, obviously hitting those healthy living uh, skills and abilities as well. Since Monica is a registered dietitian, she can really dive, dive in with teaching youth um, the importance of what they're eating and that getting in those different food groups and why it's important. Um, but then a few years ago, we had some registered dietetic interns um, that helped us kind of revamp the curriculum a little bit more and added um, a civic engagement piece to it. And so what they did was they took some of the, the, they added in some recipes that represented different cultures. And so youth are also learning about, they're trying new foods, but they're also learning about the different cultures in which those foods come from as well. So it's actually hitting all three mission areas. Although when you look at it kind of from the outward face, it's very healthy living. Excellent. I love that, Abby. I love the experience and the leadership opportunities that we're able to give the kids outside of, as we say, the traditional 4-H roles here. So thank you, Abby, from Morgan County, We, or excuse me, Montgomery County. We appreciate you joining <laughs> us today. Harley? So let's move on and hear a little bit about the Wayne County Motorsports experience. Um, Alicia, can you tell us a little bit about that? Did I get the name right? Is that? Yeah, yeah, you did. Good morning. So um, Wayne County 4-H Motorsports is a club that we started in Wayne County in 2018, 2018, 2019, um, that actually came out of the NEA 4-HA uh, National Conference in 2018 when we hosted in Indianapolis. Um, and it just so happened, like it was just this whole like kind of serendipitous thing. Um, I was assigned to a group that was um, doing a tour of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And through that tour, um, Danny White, who is with Purdue University Motorsports, did a presentation to the educators who were a part of the um, 
the tour that afternoon. And, um, you know, at that point, this is a little embarrassing, but even being an employee of Purdue University, I didn't know Purdue University had a motorsports program. So I started listening to Danny and I was like, this is in our backyard. This is so cool. So he presented about a, an electric go-kart program that the university had started with college students two years prior. So like 2016 and um, had just opened up for high school students. And so I went back to the office after the conference and I told my office mates, I was like, I don't know how much this costs. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we're going racing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, and so that's how the club started was with that high school team. And then um, we had so much interest with the high school group that we've sort of um, created a uh, I guess, kind of a scaffold concept for middle school and then elementary school youth too. Awesome. That's cool. So um, can you tell me a little bit more about the specifics? Like, so you basically, you have a team of kids and then what is it that they do in this club? Yeah, so the high school youth, um, we do have, we purchased through um, donor funds and sponsorship an electric go-kart in 2019 um, that, we wait, that we raced for the first time in 2019. That group are all high school youth, um, usually about 15, somewhere 12 to 15. Um, there's an application process because there's so many that want to participate. And um, it is a really expensive program, but we didn't have a lot of issues getting the funding that we needed to support it. But it's one of those things that with all of the equipment and all of the stuff, uh, we, we really just don't have the storage capacity for two carts. So those youth get together and they're designing the setup of the cart. Um, so they have to select a driver. They set up the cart according to that driver's height and weight, um, but it's all battery powered. So it's a lithium battery powered go-kart. So they also have a lot of math and things that they have to do because they, of course, want as much speed as they can get, but they've got to be able to keep the batteries charged and have, you know, a phone functioning cart throughout the duration of the race. So there's a lot of um, STEM, of course, it's a STEM program um, that goes into that and a lot of math and calculations. But then there's also a component where they have to do two presentations. Um, one of them is um, how the community in the program as a whole. And then the other part of the presentation is the setup. So how did they decide um, how they were going to set things up? What were some things that they learned through the course of the program? And um, both years that we've competed, the judges say, you know, that our kids, um, our youth who are, who are in 4-H, blow the other kids away when it comes to that presentation piece. And, and we attribute that to the fact that our youth are, are used to talking to adults, right? Whether they're doing that, um, you know, for scholarship presentations or they're doing that um, with judges at the fair, it's just part of who our youth are. Um, and so we perform very well, not only in the, the actual race, but in the presentation piece as well. That's so awesome. Like I'm an adult and I think that would be like an awesome club to join. So, and I also think it's so cool. Like racing is such a like huge part of who we are in Indiana. That's such a unique idea. Um, 
what do you think is the most valuable part of that experience for the kids in the club? Do you, or what, how would you describe that, I guess? Well, you know, not only the skills that they learn, but then the connections that they gain. Um, it's a really cool program, too, for them to explore. You know, a lot of times the kids um, apply and, and, you know, get involved in the club because they're interested in automotive or engineering um, or, you know, STEM related career paths, but they learn about careers and opportunities that they didn't even know existed. So one of the cool pieces of the high school team is that when we race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it has historically been in May. So the IndyCar teams are already out there for the Indianapolis 500 and the drivers and um, some of the crew chiefs and stuff will come over um, and talk to the kids and, you know, talk to them kind of about how they ended up, where they ended up and, um, you know, the education path that they took. So we've had some youth who have really, you know, I think explored a different career avenue than they were originally thinking because of the program. Wow, that's awesome. And I think that can be said about a lot of different 4-H experiences. Like I, I think that's kind of a, our goal when we set up a lot of those experiences, but that one is yeah, super unique and cool. Okay. Um, is there anything else, Alicia, that you particularly want to share about that or you know besides the eb grand prix program um, which is our high school youth our middle school youth do a micro cart program um, that involves tinkercad where they actually create um, a chassis um, and then they motorize it using basic circuitry and we 3d print everything so that's been a really cool um, piece for our uh, middle school kids. And then we're working on an elementary school curriculum, which really kind of ends up being like a soapbox derby kind of a thing. Um, but it's it's sort of cool because it's kind of, we've kind of set this up as like, um, you know, kinda, I kind of think about like school athletics, right? Like the farm team. Um, so we're starting them out really young in elementary school. And then, you know, they're really kind of gaining that interest and those skills in middle school. And then we're actually giving those youth who participate in middle school preferential, um, you know, um, opportunities to be a part of the high school team. So it's just, it's a really cool program. And I certainly can't take all the credit for it. We've got some awesome volunteers who know far more about this stuff than I'll ever hope to know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, it has been a really cool and a really successful program. That is awesome. I didn't even know that you guys were expanding it to those other age groups. So that's really cool. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Heather, do you want to- on. Do you want to go ahead and talk about Angie's Science Club? Yeah. Okay. So now we've got Angie Riffle. I happen to know about Angie that she is a science lover. So this club I think is right up her alley. Uh, so Angie, tell us a little bit about your science club. Hey, I'm Angie Riffle. I'm the 4-H educator in Franklin County, Indiana, and I am a little bit of a science geek. Um, but uh, we needed more STEM opportunities for some of the youth in our rural county. And I also needed to reach more youth in the middle school age because we were kind of losing them through 4-H um, at that age. So uh, in 2014, I started an after-school science club uh, with our middle school, which was then Brookville Middle School. Now it's in, um, been consolidated. So it's Franklin County Middle School. 
and it housed uh, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade when we started. So the main uh, group of age, you know, age group we were trying to reach was right there. Um, so it was after school and um, um, yeah. <laughs> so after school science club I'm like what else can I say so awesome. um, we did all kinds of activities um with them um I pulled whatever I could off of um the 4-H websites or just Pinterest and Google and all of that and that's kind of how we got started with that group excellent I think one of the strengths of um a 4-H uh opportunity like this is just that it also not only gives opportunities for students and youth to learn things, but also gives opportunities, as Alicia mentioned earlier, about some adult volunteers. Um, so tell me about some volunteers that you have um, that are working with that club and, and what role that they play. Yeah, so I did start out with a couple of teachers that were helping me after school, um, but then they either moved to another school or retired or things. So uh, I've done a lot of it on my own, but I have incorporated a lot of guest speakers uh, so we've had all kinds of people come in and talk to the kids as far as that goes and do experiments. Um, I just tell them, I just want you to do hands-on. They've been in school all day. I don't want to be sit and lecture too. I want them to get their hands dirty and, you know, get to do things hands-on. So that was my only request of our guest speakers who would come in. Um, Great. I think that's important. We, a lot of people learn differently. Some people by listening and some people by doing. So um, I think the, the flexibility that you offer there is, is really great. Um, tell me about some of the things that you have seen come out of that club in the youth members that attend. Uh, so the youth that started uh, as fifth graders in that club are now juniors in high school. So it's really, and they actually wanted to stay involved. So they're all still pretty much involved. And um, it's really neat to see them uh, step up and do other things as well. So um, for example, a lot of them have done um, the robotics challenges or the fluid power challenges that are all offered through the state statewide events. Um, we've had a group do teens as teachers with the coding. Uh, we've had two young men who decided they wanted to do that uh, computer science teams through Google a couple of years ago. So um, they worked with a person who works with Google at Google, a Googler, and they, um, mentored them and then they taught the National Youth Science Day activities to um, the entire sixth grade class at uh, the middle school. So uh, those were some great opportunities. Um, we've had um, makerspaces where they've actually led the makerspace activities. Um, so they've been a lot of leadership. So like um, Abby was saying, you know, it might look like healthy living on the you know, surface, but they did a lot of other stuff and then we did too. So as far as STEM, yeah, of course it's a science club and it's STEM. However, they've done a lot of leadership and civic engagement um, as part of that too. So I think that's one of the main goals as educators when we put programs together, um, we want them to combine different mission areas and um, make it valuable to them. But also, as all three of you discussed, um, just having as kids go through these programs, that they're able to then mentor um, younger um, youth in the program. It keeps them engaged. It keeps them excited. Um, it gives the older youth opportunities that they might not have had without these, um, without these clubs. 
So Angie, anything else you want to share about your science club? Yeah, I made all sorts of notes and that's why I'm like kind of all over the place because I'm like, I want to make sure you know <laughs> everything that we've done. We've done so many neat things. So uh, like some of the guest speakers we've had, we've had um, chemists come in from like Procter and Gamble um, and then um, do all kinds of science experiments with them. That was a really neat one. We have had naturalists come in and bring in animals and talk to them about that. Uh, we had uh, someone come in with and did a whole uh meeting about the hellbender salamanders in Indiana and how they are working to find those and protect their habitat. Um, then the kids have done like National Youth Science Day activities. They've taught those and they've also done most of them themselves. Um, makerspace 3D printing, coding, we've dissected stuff. So all kinds of neat stuff, but we've also done some tours so like they have toured uh, Jonathan Ferris's deer farm we went there one of our first um, field trips uh, we've toured the Fernald preserve so Fernald was a nuclear uh, power uh, facility in Ohio and so that's now a, a nature preserve and so it's got the whole history of that um, of that facility there and so we've toured that and then the, the my favorite one was we actually went to Procter and Gamble and we toured actually the um the division that makes feminine pads and that was really interesting with a bunch of middle school kids because <laughs> it was a little awkward but the science behind it was so cool and they actually got to go in and watch them being made and um and they also did like some science activities with them where they um tested absorbency and things like that so it was really actually uh, cool once they kind of warmed up to the idea of what they were watching and seeing um, but so those are some of the neat things they've done and then they've also been advocates for Purdue a couple of years ago we did the boiler bridge and so they um, went to uh, um, this event and then did the ecobot challenge with the people who were there and talked to them about um, opportunities with Purdue or H. So um, there's also done some um, service activities. So uh, since we did meet at the middle school and to show our grat uh, gratitude to that, they made a uh, bird feeder or like um, little bird feeders and gave them to all the teachers for the holidays one year. So um, just all kinds of neat things. And like Alicia said, with the careers, I think this has opened up a lot of opportunities for them to see what careers are out there in STEM and that, you know, and that's not just um, the typical things that you might think of, so. Awesome. I'm telling you, I, Carly, I don't know about you, but as an adult, I think I, um, I want to join all of these clubs myself. <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, we chose the ones that we decided to share on the podcast today because they are all awesome experiences that we had heard of and knew were going on. Um, but to the audience out there, we hope this, you know, helps give you a better picture of how diverse the programming we offer in Indiana 4-H is, but it's, it's only a small snapshot of that. So there is 4-H in all 92 counties, and I would definitely encourage you if you are a parent or a, a youth member or, or not a 4-H member, to check with your local 4-H extension educator and find out um, what activities are going on in your county and around the state. And if you are an adult who is interested in volunteering time, leading youth activities, 
definitely reach out to your 4-H educator because we are always looking for volunteers to help us make these types of things happen. So um, volunteers, obviously, like they make the 4-H program happen. And we definitely need people that have that niche area knowledge to provide these really cool types of experiences. Um, I'm sure all the educators on here today, like, will agree with me that volunteers are so valuable. So absolutely. Um, yeah. But thanks to everyone listening today. And thanks to our three guests um, who came on and told us about their awesome programs. And, and thank you all for listening. Interested in learning more about Indiana 4-H? We invite you to visit our website, extension.purdue.edu slash 4-H, or contact your local Purdue Extension office and ask for the 4-H Youth Development Extension Educator. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. We look forward to joining you again on the next Indiana 4-H Clover Call.